0: PhD with woman on it, Hack the Future. My name is Bata Young and today's PhD positivity hacks delivered will be by our guest, Shabhanusha Agrawal. Topic, the positive impact of AI on the future of work. Episode 108, starts here. Let me remind you, this is a grassroots community that focuses on women on IT, an inclusive forum of women in technology, startups, and female leaders who are supported by men as well. And I bring heart to that hustle because empathy is my mojo and empathy is critical to AI and the future of work. Let me just mention a couple of things happening in our world last week. NASA awards 5 million to women's colleges. 5 million is not a big number, but it's a big number for the chosen ones. A huge round of applause to NASA for awarding 5 million to women's colleges addressing the STEM gender gap. May this remarkable award further ignite the efforts of these institutions to empower and uplift more women in the realms of science and technology. And another great mention, Shabhansa Agrawal PhD, guest of today. Congratulations to you for delivering a highly successful talk at the Product-Led Alliance Summit in Las Vegas last week who would have known we gonna go from Las Vegas to PhD. Now, another great mention, Women's Veterans Day, June 12th. Today, we honor and celebrate the incredible contributions, sacrifices, and achievements of the brave women who have served in the armed forces. To all women veterans, we salute you. Thank you for your courage, dedication, unwavering commitment and being the role model we love to see today and every day we stand proud and grateful for your service happy women's veterans day happy grace hopper day happy day overall because we are just diving into the positivity hacks delivered so let's go back to our topic the positive impact of ai on the future of work artificial intelligence ai is reshaping the world as we know it in this phd episode we will delve into the positive potential of ai exploring how it can shape the future of work in a beneficial and empowering way. Our guest Shabhansha Agrawal, is a seasoned leader with, leader with 12 years of experience in product management, engineering and leadership across diverse industries and the regions. Shabhansha is the head of product for contributions and community at Yelp and has played key roles at Salesforce and the Wall Street Journal. Don't miss this opportunity to gain valuable insights as we explore the intersection of AI and the future of work. Join us, ask questions, say hello. We are always welcoming new people, old people, great people who are tuning in. Shabhansha, let's start with a simple question. I don't think it's really artificial yet. Where in the world are you physically today?
1: Hi, Vera. First of all, thank you for inviting me. Uh, I am in the not-so-sunny, actually, cloudy San Francisco, California right now
0: there you go it's very cloudy here in poland Torun, the birthplace of nicolaus copernicus the astronomer who is using a lot of devices but really what would these devices be without the human eye human brain analyzing well tell me Shephanza, what's your view on the future of ai and what's the view on technology overall we are greeting you from california i believe it's it's very intense in um the looking forward to the future so tell me what's cooking
1: yeah i mean if i can say it in one word it's exciting more than anything else. Uh, And I also wanna iterate, I mean, every, since like, especially this year, I think everyone I speak to, not in just California, but I think all around the world, we are having these conversations about how, uh, what is the future of AI, how would we adapt to it? And I think that's the exciting part, to be honest, for me, the conversations, the thinking, the creativity, that how to leverage all of this for not just the future of work, but how to actually Use this for other inva- advancements, um, but yeah, how I think.
0: You, sort of, yeah.
1: Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go, go ahead, Vera.
0: Well, how to use it? We're gonna answer that question if possible within the next forty-five minutes, ladies and gentlemen. You've got opportunity to ask your question. Tell us your job, and we'll try to look into the future with the magic bow of positivity and tell you whether you're going to be redundant or not. Is that correct, Shapransha?
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. If there's anything, we would happy to address and just share my thoughts and opinions on it. But on my personal take, I actually feel this could help us do our jobs better. But uh, yes, we're happy to dive into exact examples. <laughs> Exactly.
0: So tell me, you're at the moment working at Yelp. Um, How is Mm -hmm. AI helping your customers? Is there anything that you could give us as an example how it is easing your
1: day-to-day routine? Absolutely. So before I dive into specific, I would say AI is such a broad term by itself, like, and it's not new. Yes, definitely conversations are happening now, but to be honest, it started all the way from like 1950s when Alan Turing created the first test. Uh, so it's definitely not new, it's evolving and changing rapidly every every year. Uh, and I feel like that's how the products are adapting it to, to like how it's learning, how it's evolving. Uh, we try to bring that technology or bring that, uh, uh, that capability into every product and it's not just limited to Yelp. Um, the thing that we are trying and I can dive into more different aspects of AI and like machine learning and LLM and obviously the new piece which is generative AI, but it's still I find is very much in like the infant stage. It's very much so early that we're still figuring out how to actually use it to help customers Um, But I would give some examples how we are starting to use it at AI or have been using for some time. One piece of AI is actually just machine learning, right? Uh, And what that really means is you learn from what is how the users are interacting, you learn what they care about, you learn what are they looking for, what their user needs are, and how we can give them a personalized, customized experience learned from their previous activity. Um, so uh, like you said, at Yelp, I actually uh, lead product for contributions and community. And if anyone's, someone's not familiar, Yelp is uh, a re- contributions and like platform that helps local businesses and community. And a huge, huge piece for it is getting people to share their experiences in, re- in a review format. And I don't know, Pia, if you've ever written a review, it's not the most easy thing to do. It needs thinking you need to write you need to be creative have you written a review how's your experience what
0: oh well it's uh, it's uh, really tricky because i try to be uh, very modest uh, uh, I try not to yes. damage the business because I Absolutely. used to run a business I, um, I, w- I had a cafe so and I had uh, I was running a hotel a boutique hotel so I know how stupid some of these reviews can uh, you know just be tedious things that people pinpoint and really damage the business. And sometimes I've seen revenge by customers. So it's really fascinating though, but this is something that you mentioned, AI and technology and all these companies are using Mm -hmm. machine learning and learning these patterns. And I sometimes, you know, since you are talking about how we are using it, I sometimes find myself changing Mm -hmm. my patterns to full, for example, Facebook's algorithm or full LinkedIn algorithm, because, you know, I don't want them to feed me another video of a cat that I'm just cannot (laughs) resist, but watch, or I can't, you know, resist by seeing this lovely Milo that in love and in pain is just seeing here, you know, there are some things that our attention is so much drawn into, that's why I try to stay away because we know that these platforms, especially I'm not saying about Yelp, but like Facebook, LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. they are designed to hook us for hours and hours and we don't see the time passing. So I'm wondering, you know, what uh, is Yelp doing? How is Yelp observing us do they see the pattern of a very nasty client that always damages all the businesses around never says good things about people yeah tell me
1: yeah no absolutely i agree with you and i've been guilty of actually trying to play around with like how do i not let them figure out what i want next but to your question of yelp uh I think it's less on like how to hook people and it's a very responsible way of understanding how to actually to exactly your point, beta what you mentioned, even one biased review can damage a business, can damage a business. So really, it's all about understanding that the person who was writing a review, are they credible? Are they giving us? Uh, did they really ask, do we really think they've visited a business? Is it coming from a reliable source? So there's a lot of things to understand from that and then thinking, is this a good review? Should we actually be showing this review to other people? So it's almost trying in the vein of actually helping businesses and helping uh, local communities by ma- making sure there's a huge trust factor in the content that we are producing for people to read. That's one piece of it. But the other piece that we try to do at Yelp, which is also guide people how to write a review, how to write a good review, because that's, I think, also is another piece. Sometimes review reviews or any contributions or just social media in general can be very venting, but you also have to understand that you're actually writing or sharing your experience to your, actually to your place exactly in an empathetic and a positive way because it's an actual business. So the way we use AI is also by giving people some guidance on like for example if you're writing a review for let's say a plumber right you want to be talking about maybe not like how um they communicated but rather all about how they actually did the job Were they responsive did they do it on time were they communicated with you did you get a good value for price those are the things those are more important and we use ai to see what topics are relevant what topics will be helpful for this business or people to write about and then suggest that to the person who's actually writing a review? So it's still very in a small, nuanced way, the way we talk about it and leverage it and uh, not in any way of like, how can we hook you into it? Um, so that those are the high level of, I think, very high level of like how we think it's about trust and it's about guidance, uh, how we leverage AI
0: well it's very interesting you mentioned trust because i think there is lots of uh, mistrust when uh, it comes to machine learning or or you know pattern recognition in our behavior human behavior um, mm-hmm. but let's go into the future of jobs and how mm-hmm. ai can help and can be beneficial because i think you know just last week uh, or, or this month or previous month, uh, Gmail rolled out a new um, feature which is helping mm-hmm. you create an email, and I find it very fascinating because, first mm-hmm. of all, in order to use it, you have to allow for Google to view your emails and analyze, and you know, kind of be a test, yeah. uh, you know, guinea pig, right? So, yes. can yes. you tell us how it is beneficial, and should we all try to do it, or should we rather be, you know, hiding from use of AI
1: chatbots and so on? It's hard for me to give a generic of should uh, of, like should we try it or not, but I, I can give my take on why we I think it's actually really valuable. So many so many times and so much time of our lives, I find goes in doing some of the mundane tasks. Tasks that take away, like drain you out, like a lot of like things like, for example, like responding to, as, a, as at work, responding to lots of emails, responding to lots of Slack messages, which sometimes can drain you from doing the creative part of your work or the fun part of your work. So what I find is that, finding what, if this is really valuable for you personally, is the question you need to answer. If you really feel, that's one piece, if you really feel that somebody being able to write an email for you is going to save you tons amount of time, so understanding the, are, the is it how beneficial, and then making that decision for yourself, uh, and then trade off. But to be honest, if I flip it, the, I find the value more if you go outside a little bit for non-native, let's say English speakers. I can give my example. I grew up in India, I moved to US, so obviously uh, English wasn't my first language and I came here. And sometimes you find that it's not just the language, it's a lot of nuances of how you deliver a message. There's a tone, there's a voice, there is a slang, there's a lot of nuances to just speaking to other humans. Uh, And I find that this type of technology, even just writing emails, Uh, And helping me write my email in the tone that would get my message across, my story across in a most positive, more strong and influential way that I would like, is really beneficial for maybe someone like me and maybe other people like me who uh, can really use that guidance. Uh, And in the past, we've always had that. Like, for example, if you see tools like Grammarly and all the other tools out there who help you with like basics of English or basics of grammar. uh, But somebody who can really help you deliver your message in the tone and voice you want in like mission critical emails or emails that are really, really you're applying for jobs or you're convincing your CEO about something. I find that personally really, really valuable. Um, But again, I would say it's very dependent on how you think is this really going to benefit you in your day to day work.
0: Right, there are um, upsides uh, to using um, this technology or using artificial intelligence or machine learning or chat GPT provided your employer lets you use it because as we know some of the employers decided um, to cut it and uh, they decided um, some of the big corporations Mm -hmm. decided not to allow um, uh, using Uh, AI uh, at their workplaces. Now, I think, though, there there are a couple of jobs that um, when we had a discussion, you mentioned. So tell us Mm -hmm. what you believe, which jobs would be probably replaceable by AI and why we should embrace it.
1: So this is my, t- I don't think any jobs personally would be completely replaceable by AI. I find there are parts or roles would be replaceable by AI, at least not, not, it's very, like I said, it's been, it's very infant stage, it's too soon. They're still learning what is the capability of AI. But there are parts of every job that I feel can leverage and benefit from AI. So we can like almost like delegate some of that work to AI so we can focus on the other things. And I can give some specific examples. Um, for example, again, let's say uh, we can take recruiting or layoffs. There's a lot of time that goes into not just the person who's applying for a role, but also from the recruiting side and trying to understand what is out of thousands and like thousands and thousands of resumes that they may get, which one's a good fit. This is where that's AI could help we could uh, give understand which one is a good fit for the role that we're looking for from historical patterns or like who are the uh, who are the people that we want to go forward with so it kind of just helping you save time whenever there's something that needs a huge data analysis which would need a lot of manual hours a lot of manual work and we can rather spend our time and energy into actually figuring out, Putting our human brain into it. So let's take a real example. If I get thousands of review uh, of resumes, I can either spend time looking at each one of them and making a decision, um, or just look at a curated list of like let's say fifty or hundred even, which is which gives me as a a little bit better view and lets me think of it from like a more human perspective of like which is a good fit. So it's almost like trying to find the balance between these roles. So that's one example, but um, there are many, I find that there are applications in like retail, healthcare, and I'm happy to dive into one, but I'll pause a bit for you. And then uh, we could dive into other sectors as well.
0: Excellent. I'm glad because I can actually uh, give us a little bit of pause and hold on a second because um, I've heard about uh, bias in in AI because Mm -hmm. bias can occur when you use subjective criteria, rely on stereotypes and rely on the data that so far we've been employing white males that were from yale university so we probably only want to have somebody from yale and uh, that is white and that is not older than 32 years old
1: yes you've hit the nail on the head how can you prevent
0: from that happening is there a way
1: Absolutely. And I feel like that is the most, most crucial question for anyone working in this field right now. Uh, so you let, that's why I was saying you've hit the nail on the head, literally. Uh, as step by name and definition, a lot of generative AI, chat GPT, large language models, machine learning, all of this works because of the use of huge data sets, like literally billions and millions of data sets. So it is utterly important to think about what that data, or where that data is coming from. It is utterly important to think how that data is diverse. It's thinking of cultural nuances, people, like you just said, gender, sex, different people from different regions, and like different preferences, different, uh, I don't know, every other possible things, that data is literally the backbone of like whatever the, the AI is going to suggest or is going to adapt to. So, the way we can think about it is constantly being responsible and and thinking that we are, let's say you gave an example of Gmail and you give an example, it's in beta mode. Making sure that when we are in that beta mode, we are actually not just giving it, like you said, to power people maybe or to people who are just, let's say, restricted to a region in California or US, but it is given more broadly or at least the effort is taken To get more people from diverse backgrounds engaged so that it's not becoming biased. And I think that's where I'm not sure yet how we are doing that or how we want to do that. But that is the biggest question we all have to keep in mind Uh, how to not let that data get biased and include more, be more inclusive of different people.
0: Well, uh, it definitely needs human intervention. And we Mm -hmm. need to check the data. And uh, we need to double check whether AI is not making mistakes, because undoing these mistakes can take years, especially if you let machine do their own things. Now, uh, let's move on to the next topic communications well you mentioned layoffs and i'm wondering how can you lay people off with ai without uh, damaging them
1: personally i don't think we can i and i feel like it's also <laughs> something we have to be responsible for to not do that uh, getting getting laid off can be a very very uh Financially, personally, emotionally, lot of uh, experience for people who do go through that, uh, and letting, and I feel like well, I mean historically we've seen the worst way to try even effort is like through a non-human word. So I don't think there are some spaces I feel that we cannot like just replace. We cannot let go of the human element of actually having that conversation with somebody in us in a, when stakes are high. So I would say we can't. I don't I personally don't see a way we can do mm. there.
0: I would agree with you. So George Clooney up in the air in the movie, uh he yes. still has got uh, his job to keep. Now um uh, let's yes. go into um more exciting things. Communication mm-hmm. being mentioned by many of my previous speakers because definitely communication uh, the way we communicate and how we can express ourselves is vitally important for our career. So how can AI help us in communication?
1: I think that's where it definitely has a huge role to play. Um, I can speak from my own experience of like somebody who has been uh, been giving talks, there have uh, and spoken at different conferences you always want to be able to give, deliver a strong message uh, while also being able to connect with the audience. And so I find sometimes that's harder than you think. Uh, and of course, you know that better more than anyone, you run this amazing channel. Um, so I think this is where AI or generative AI more, more than anything else can really help you hone that message based on who you're delivering. If I'm, let's say, my let's say our topic is AI, but I'm explaining it to an IT professional uh, versus I'm explaining it to five-year-olds, or I'm explaining it to somebody or my parents who are completely not not as tech savvy. Uh, the message can be the same, but sometimes that aspect of storytelling and that aspect of like how to deliver that message, that tone uh, can be harder to do. Uh, and I feel like that's where generative AI can really help by just putting in those parameters, who your audience is, what, how you want it to be friendly or cheerful, or you want it to be more academic or more detailed. I feel like that can make can help you make the tweaks so that it's still your message. It's still what you want to deliver. So you're not just like taking something else and like delivering it. Still your message, but delivered and adapted in the way you like. Uh, and especially again, I think I mentioned this earlier. I think it's super helpful for people who may not be as well, worse in a particular language, uh, and then they can adapt to that language. Yes,
0: I totally agree. Now, retail—how can mm-hmm. AI help in retail business?
1: Oh, this is a fun one to be honest. I think I think retail is can be very interesting because retail works a lot on inventory management, supply chain management. Um, and optimizing, let's say, even if you look at Amazon, or if you've heard of how Amazon does like triumph deliveries, they actually look at huge like neural networks and like ways they can optimize their delivery routes uh, to get that two day delivery, right? Two day shipping, or even many other ways. So I think in these ways, it's really helpful because, let's say, again, by looking at historical patterns of like which regions have more demands, which regions have less demands. Uh, we can manage the inventory retail stores can manage the inventory. The main distribution centers can manage the inventory. Um, but I also find like one of the biggest problem with retail are returns, huge return rates. And I find with the use of AI, if with the advancement you're seeing and some, some all applications already doing that with like virtual try-ons of like clothes virtual try-ons of like furniture in your house where you can actually see and if it fits and how it looks in your furniture i think all of this technology will vastly help in not just inventory management less returns but less waste the less the more of these so much of this returns and stuff they go to waste because we don't have a good way of recycling and managing it So being able to give the customer a view of what they want and customize it to their experience can really help manage uh, retail financially and environmentally as well.
0: And also analyze the data in seconds rather than having somebody sit through and go through the books and through um, each uh, item. Now, um, next topic, healthcare. That's a tricky one because there is a health risk involved. Tell us, how do you see it happening for uh, the benefit of humans?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. Again, like you said, very high risk, uh, high impact area sector, where if we do make advancements, it's so so beneficial for everybody. Uh, but I do find this is a, this is the um, one of the more exciting sectors for me personally because I mean my my dad actually is in a medical profession and he's a doctor and I, I was av- having this conversation with him a couple of months ago. A lot of this, everything that in healthcare is also because of patterns. It's also because of like habits and like what we do, what we eat and what, how we exercise that leads uh, to a healthier or an unhealthier life and possible prediction of what you could have. There's also hereditary things. There's also like a historical data of like family history, everything that leads to like your own analysis. So if you, if you ever go to a doctor, it's pretty similar conversations. They ask you about your history. They are get, try to get data from you so that they can make a prediction. That's, I think, where, again, AI comes in, where it can take all of that and make that prediction for you. And not to say that you don't need medical professionals because you still need them, uh, but it can maybe help that process where you also, as a user, can start to understand your health a little bit more because there's an AI guiding you through it. Um so I think that's where I find it's like really helpful.
0: I think I think even more exciting is the benefit of looking through DNA uh, because it's only the beginning of the mm-hmm. process, but definitely um, I'm now very interested in Alzheimer's disease and old people's disease and uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, looking through the data of certain patterns for Parkinson for Alzheimer', we can Absolutely. prevent some of these diseases in the future happening because there is a narrative that goes through our generations as you said family uncles and so on yeah. it, it is Uh, really rooted down in the substance of our bodies and we need to look through the data. It's impossible for humans, but it's very easy to do with machine learning or artificial intelligence. Now, also I've heard, I'm not sure whether it's it's true, but actually AI is more uh, precise when it comes to diagnosis than humans.
1: I think it's speculative, but if you just look at objectively with the just amount of data that AI can process and literally billions and billions of data that it can process and patterns. I mean, if you think about it, like making a deduction from tens of uh, knowing 10 things versus making a deduction from like knowing a thousand or billions of things. It's just bound to be more precise because there's just more uh, less room for anomaly there's less room for like you miss something uh so it, yes I i'm do not think sure that's where i'm not
0: be. sure though uh what's it like in us but i have to tell you the polish health system has joined the internet quite recently and you know they offer you a myriad of things and including asking for prescription for drugs and once I hit the button it said, oh, it's not available in your local council yet. So definitely that is the future. However, I think uh, really, uh, it is up to doctors to make sure that uh, they don't make make mistakes in typing. Um, it mm-hmm. is up to doctors to embrace technology because I have to tell you a couple of months ago, I was speaking uh, with a veterinary and my friend who is a dentist and they were both mm-hmm. talking about how difficult it is to type in the notes after visiting every um, customer, every client after visit, they had to spend like 15 minutes to type in. And I was like, can't you use like voice recognition? And -hmm. they said, no, it's, you know, too difficult and so on. (laughs) And I'm wondering, (laughs) you know, when are they going to change? Mm
1: -hmm. It is sometimes, I think it is a little bit more, like you said, change is hard and people find it like, is there really a value? And I feel like sometimes it needs like a demo of like, okay, yeah, like you can change your job or you can focus on more important things just by, if you adapt this one little thing. Uh, but to your point, like actually you just said, like, even if that's the case where like even typing errors or just, uh, something not being available, you learn at the end of the process is something that AI can really, really help with, right? Because it can even help you find some, uh, auto correct it. It can tell you maybe you meant something this, uh, so it's, it has a room for like even error handling and not just like prediction as well.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. So let's go uh, from an uh, exciting uh, world of healthcare and how difficult it is hack to m- peep, uh, minds of the people, of humans, and how to make them change patterns, since we are talking about patterns a lot today, about machine yeah. learning and patterns recognition. Let's talk about language barriers. How can AI help with that?
1: Again, I think a lot of AI is because it's da- uh, data and pattern generated and <laughs> coming from, I don't know if you're aware of Fabera, but coming from uh, South Asia where there are like hundreds of hundreds of languages every time when I was in India, actually there's I would go to a different state and there's a different language. Uh, so I'm far too familiar with language barriers uh, when even in even in your neighborhood and even community. And again, I find that this is where we can also help, not just in communication with each other, but in the workplace, which is what we're talking about. This can help us build a more global workplace. If we can find a way for people to be able to talk to each other, communicate each other, get their message across from guidance and assistance with AI, like we are now with like ChatGPT and Generative AI, where people can better articulate their messages, uh, in a language they prefer. Like, I mean, right now we are pretty restricted to English, but I guess in the future, that's where we can like get people from anywhere in the world to be working together. They can work together, share their ideas, and imagine somebody. If you're only working with people in the U.S., you're more likely, like you said, gave the earlier example of like data being biased towards white male. Um, it's the same thing where data can be biased towards U.S. It can be biased towards people who are actually building it versus if you build a more not-language-barriered, more inclusive workforce all across the world, even the solutions and the problems we are going to solve are going to be more global problems versus limited to just some limited people. Uh, so I think that's where, again, just having that, going back to that, removing that language barrier, opening more communication channels, which AI can really help with, with uh, the use of Generative AI can open up more possibilities and build better products.
0: Namaste. <laughs> now, <laughs> let's talk about Namaste. mundane tasks and uh, mm-hmm. what kind of task you believe we should be embracing, apart from voice recognition, which I really love. I mean, this meeting is Mm -hmm. actually being transcribed at the same time just to let you know uh people uh Mm -hmm. listening to us today because we are going to have our conversation recorded not just on various channels like facebook youtube or linkedin but also we are going to have notes at the end of the show and have it done by author. So voice recognition is upon us. We love it. We really embrace it. Um, And so I'm wondering, what else would you recommend us doing apart from voice recognition or letting Gmail go through our email and uh, just generate uh, some nice uh, content for us?
1: There are literally a lot more things happening. And I would give an example. One of my favorite AI apps is actually called um, Midjourney. Have you heard of it, Beta? what it is? No, tell me. Yeah, so it is actually one of the more visual AI AI application in which you can just, similar to like ChatGPT, you can uh, just tell them and, and it, I think the prompt starts with something like slash imagine. And you can say anything. The most bizarre thing that you want to think of, like some uh, combination of like an animal and like with some props on some particular location and then some particular area. Right? Uh, and you can say, imagine this and make it in this tone. And it will literally give you a pop-up of an image that, that is literally a combination of all those bizarre things put together. So, it's, so that's where I find it's interesting to think not just that it is textual or it is just emails. I think it can really help in like a visual aspect as well. And this is where I think, again, like a lot of, some of the mundane tasks that you might find happening. For example, for artists, uh, one of the things that I find artists doing is they... Um, or whenever they're working on something, they create like a mock-up and they spend huge and huge hours creating like mock-ups. Uh and then the contract doesn't happen and it gets turned down. This is where we can help, right? Like if the if like Mid Journey can help you create your own, create your mock-ups in like so quickly by letting you be creative, think as creatively, think of all the bizarre combinations of how you want your art or something to be, and just put it on paper you can do 20 creative things versus spending hours doing one creative thing. So again, I think it helps reduce the time to actually do something so that you can spend more time thinking creatively and thinking of more possibilities. So that's just one example where I find like, it's saving saving us uh, more creativity, yeah.
0: Well, absolutely. Creativity. And since you were talking about the Imagine the Word, I have to mention our previous speaker, Cindy Gallop, who is the founder of If I Run the Word. And that is a startup that she kind of put it on the shelf. But however, uh, the key here is remember that we can be creative while AI helps us, but really our creativity is unique. And here is a story I want to remind everybody. Hans Christian
1: Andersen, who has
0: written lots of lovely stories. Uh, He also wrote a beautiful emperor uh, story about Chinese emperor who was in love uh, with his nightingale. And um, one day the music master came with a bird who was just artificial and insisted that this was a much better bird than the real nightingale. Not only because all of the diamonds uh, they put, all the gold and and everything that was inside, but the real uh, nightingale was banished from the kingdom and replaced with the mechanical um, bird. And and as we know, uh, Hans Christian Andersen was living during the time of uh, industrial era, so that was a lot of changes as well, but really it turned out that the moral of the story goes that the real nightingale was the one that was irreplaceable because the artificial one, the mechanical one, eventually died and it wasn't playing anymore and uh, all the wheels ran down and the music of an artificial bird stopped but the emperor heard the real bird singing from afar. So that is a very symbolic uh, association ranging from creativity, the muse, the nature's purity and um, really, in the Western culture, also the spiritual, spiritual tradition, virtue, uh, virtue, and goodness, and the creativity that humans can bring to the table, because we can tell AI to create a song that sounds a bit uh, like um, I don't know, the Queen plus mix of The Cure plus mix of. Uh, let's say Madonna, and it can create Mm a music that will be stunning. However, it will be artificial and it cannot Mm -hmm. be changed unless a real singer sings it and there is a little hue or a little longer tone. And that's where AI cannot replace humans. Now, Shabhansa, speaking about your experience, you have some AI products that you have created. Tell us about it.
1: Uh, so, yes, yeah, um, my experience with AI products, again, has been less on generative AI, which is the upcoming new thing. Uh, but I am exploring on that area. But more on, again, just using data to understand and uh, give suggestions and uh, make people's lives a little better um and one of the ways again i'd go back uh at yelp which is one of my favorite things that i love to do which um going how to like give people the least friction point when they're thinking about uh supporting their other businesses in their community or supporting their local community um so one way we do it is again like i mentioned earlier in the call i think at the beginning which is looking at uh what is it that we think people care about? What is it that, in what kind of businesses that we think they are most likely to share an experience about? So if let's say you you went to 30 business, local businesses in like past one year, it's obviously not a, sometimes not a priority and it's also hard to remember which businesses you went to or which let's say contractors, plumbers you interacted with, but your one review or your one contribution really goes a long way for that particular business. So what we do is we look at users' activity on Yelp, and we give recommendations of businesses we think could really benefit from your review, and we think you've been there to that business. So that way, we are reducing the, the cognitive load that the user has to take to find that business, go back, and come back and write a review. So I think that's one of my favorite ways of how we're just like very small, simple steps to just reduce any kind of friction in users' way.
0: And making sure that empathy is critical when uh, yeah. you are working with artificial intelligence or m- machine learning. Now, Uh, let me mention Sheryl Sandberg before uh, I actually am going to prompt you because uh, we talked about her Uh, the ex-CEO of uh, Facebook once said the future is uncertain but we must move forward with a sense of optimism and an openness to embrace new possibilities so that's a message to everybody who's worried about their jobs it's a way to embrace your new opportunities and learn new patterns and learn how can AI help you on day-to-day um, activities. Now, Shabhansa, we talked about what is the benefit but also we touched upon uh, a little bit about, uh, we talked about what can be dangerous if you rely um, on solely on artificial intelligence. Now let's go into more uh, thinking about the past and what is the number one book you would recommend to everybody to read because you wished you read it before you started your career.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of books and I love reading. So I have so many books on my bookshelf, but and I can give a lot of technical and academic books as technical books as well that help me do my job better. Uh, but the one I actually uh, I was telling you, about it, I keep going back to that book every very frequently. It's called Crucial Conversations by Kerry Patterson. Um, and it's a, I think it was published 20 years ago. Um, and I read that book, actually, not more than five years ago it literally is a really really uh, a book that everyone should read and the reason why i say that is like we are seeing with generative ai with hachipi he conversations is part of everybody's job and life and no matter how good you may be at the job you do And no matter how AI is in, no matter how much AI is integrated in your job, there's always going to be a human element of like interacting with other people, getting them to see your vision, getting them to be on board with what you are trying to do. To whether that's in technology, whether that's in taxing, tax lawyers, artists, anywhere. So it's such a crucial, like the book says, it's crucial skill. Um, And this book really, really helps you think about how to have those conversations when stakes are high when they're not high and just having a uh, building relationship. So no matter where the future goes with AI or not, I feel like this book will still always remain my, my Bible. Just
0: as the emperor from Hans Christian Andersen learned at the end, the reality is better than the artificial world. Now let's go into the favorite quote: "Women are like tea bags; you never know their true strength until you put them in hot water," as oh Leonard god. Roosevelt said. How are you in hot water? How are you brewing, Shaphansa?
1: That is such a great actually quote. Oh my god, I'm and this is surprising to me that I'm hearing it for the first time, but so true <laughs> uh, as well. Um, to your point, I do think my my favorite quote, and I, I heard of it not too long ago as well, is um, not to equate happiness with something that has utility value. Um, and it, it really does give you a good perspective because then you are trying to find that non-monetary and non uh, uh, tangible value in everything you do. And that's what makes you happy versus um, looking for a tangible gain every time. So, yeah.
0: so that's your favorite life lesson quote, but you still didn't answer uh, to me. How oh, sorry. Are you <laughs> How are you in hot water? Uh, what's your take on when you're in hot water, IT, AI, AI is not working and you're very stressed, how you're behaving? How you're dealing with stress?
1: Honestly, my way of dealing with stress is again. I think I'm a creative person, uh, and I love to just give myself the time to like let let it all come out and be on like paper or be on something else. So, my way of dealing with stress is actually go and like just create a very bizarre. The canvas of like colors and paints and like let get it out out there uh and that helps me like really ground myself and like kind of put all the stress outside of me and like uh and not have to deal with it internally but again yeah uh going for long the way i try again going back to like nature getting out there really really helps me with it but just being more creative uh, is the key for it for me well that sounds
0: very much like a tea bag of chai latte, Shabhansa, but (laughs) I will let our viewers to decide how to creatively nail down how Shabhansa is behaving in hot water. Now, let's imagine that we have no restrictions, we can travel anywhere in the world and visit any places in the world, and any person in the world. Who is your person that you would love to meet one day and have a private breakfast with face to face?
1: It's funny because you mentioned Charles Sandberg and that actually is the person I would love to have private breakfast with and not for just like technical conversations or her amazing career, but I do believe uh, she paved the way for a lot of, Lot of women when I was younger and I was thinking about getting into technology, I used to actually look into some role models, and she was just amazing and what she was doing. So, yes, I would love that. I would love to ever have just a one-on-one conversation with her outside of Silicon Valley. <laughs>
0: Silicon Valley. Yeah. Excellent. And where would you go to?
1: I don't know. Somewhere. Uh, I mean, I've my favorite places to travel anywhere in the world is actually uh in california to be honest <laughs> to be honest i've traveled a lot but i love california uh so anywhere where i can have a quiet, quiet conversation uh bay area is beautiful with lots of beautiful valleys and uh yeah uh, somewhere close and convenient is all i would say
0: You think, you think you would convince her to visit California? I'm not sure, but I I wish all the best. You have to find, you (laughs) know, some exciting place uh, in California to make sure that she Tempted well, definitely yeah. Sharon Sandberg, the author of Lean In book and also the founder of Lean In Movement, um, ex CEO of Facebook, uh, ceo of Facebook, um, is definitely a role model for money, however, Shapansa, I believe. You could be a great role model for many as well. Now, uh, I see my team is prompting me to mention the next week's guest. So let's look at that beautiful poster prepared by our team next week we are going to talk with bella bartswell score your objectives delivering key results is the topic of discussion but before we go and say uh, our final goodbyes um i would like to ask you Shephanza, um none of us are able to achieve success on our own who are or who is the number one person that you're grateful towards, and uh, how did they help you? Can you mention anybody in particular?
1: It definitely, I would say, be a, it takes a village. I think you go through so many points, and you find different people who motivate you, but I would... Uh... <laughs> Not just, I mean, at, in life and work and your family, but I would definitely say uh, my partner, my husband is my really driving force who's always been a very, very strong partner for me and always like showing how more uh, I'm capable of than maybe I thought of. So I would uh, give a lot of credit there. Yes.
0: Well, we say hello and thank you so much. Namaste again to those who are supporting women and those who are not yet supporting us. I wish you could give us a thumbs up and say hello or just watch us and follow us on the various streams and uh, make sure that we know that we can say Thank you to you just by saying hello. And speaking about saying hello, we have Olga Vasinas, lovely comment, absolutely terrific show as always, Bata. Thank you, shophansa, heart, heart, heart emoji. Thank you so much, Olga. Lovely to hear from you as well. Hopefully you have your questions answered with regards to artificial intelligence and the future of employment. Now, Shabhansa, as we are heading towards the end of the show, what is the number one advice you would say to every female who are considering a career in technology?
1: Number one, I would just say, if you have hesitation, just do it. Like, it is very empowering. It is very, uh, there's definitely a place for it, place for every woman here. Um, And the only way we can make a place for it is to actually just take a step and be in it. Um, One of the things I tell other other people, women I work with, is 50% of the population in the world is women. And all the products and all the technology products that are being made are used by women, so why not? be the one making it as Mm. well
0: absolutely why not why not today why you because there is nobody else now speaking of comments and cheering uh, we have Patrick uh young that would be my husband saying excellent show ladies thank you very much barata and Shubshansa. now uh I wish you uh, every success in meeting Cheryl Uh, Hopefully it will happen somewhere in California or anywhere in the world. I believe she is giving her talk quite often. So what better way but to say, I spoke on this PhD podcast with Beata Young and she encouraged me to say hello to you. And she encouraged me to invite you for a private breakfast. What do you say? <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah,
1: I should try there it. There you go.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely you go for it because the worst that can happen is what?
1: No. It's exactly. Yeah.
0: exactly yeah exactly exactly and who could refuse this beautiful smile i couldn't no. well oh, there you. you go ladies and gentlemen it's been terrific show thank you shop because i have to tell you ladies and gentlemen everybody who's watching or listening to our show that shop actually approached me and said i would like to speak at your Uh, podcast what can we do when can we do it and how can we do it so definitely there is a message to every single one of you listening to us just go for it just ask for it and it will be delivered and the worst that can happen you hearing
1: no it is literally I feel like that should be my new motto I think that is the words to live by for sure
0: (laughs) Namaste. Shavhansa, last question, uh, just briefly, because I'm really uh, fascinated because, um, first of all, your name is very oriental. Your father is a doctor, but I believe, what's your family story? Tell us, are, have you been born and raised in uh, California or what's, what's the story there?
1: no uh i was born and raised in india actually and i was there i did my undergrad in india too in engineering and i moved to the us in when i was 22 so uh, right after graduation i think uh yeah and my dad is a doctor and they always always encouraged me to literally just try whatever i want uh whatever is exciting and whatever career i want to make so yeah this is this is there I you am. go uh, Yep. Yep. No, so Shambhala
0: is a role model for everybody, and if you want to book a private breakfast with her, she's available in <laughs> uh, California. And that's it from episode one hundred and eight of PhD Live Stream. To stay updated and ensure never you never miss another positivity hugs delivered make sure that you click that little button saying subscribe and you will be alerted once a new video has been released. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for uh, commenters in love and in pain, Olga Vasina, Patrick L. Young. And as always, our positivity quote comes from positive thinking only and goes, look for something positive in each day even if some days you have to look a little bit harder if you don't like something change it if you can't change it change your attitude if you can't still change it change your artificial intelligence today is your day to hug the future hug the positivity you want thank you